0: This podcast is part of the Sport Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Sam Sage, Harry Eid, and me, Ben Hocking. Mexican Grand Prix review coming up for you today, uh, an absolute classic, one that will go down in, uh, in long in the memory, I am sure, um, but it was Max Verstappen who I'm sure won't have any complaints as to how that Grand Prix went, taking the victory and extending his championship advantage to 20 points. Um, So looking pretty good for him at the moment. It was a double Red Bull podium for the president of Mexico, Sergio Perez, as I believe he has just been referred to as, um, with Lewis Hamilton in between them in P2. I mean, Sam, one of the things that we get asked a lot is how do you get into Formula One? How do you find a job in F1? And I feel like there might be something on the horizon if you want to be Daniel Ricciardo's bodyguard, because I'm pretty sure (laughs) Valtteri Bottas is actually going to try and kill him.
2: Yeah, I mean, rumours say that Valtteri Bottas is still attempting to get past Daniel Ricciardo, but in all wakes of life, you know, at the airport, Daniel, excuse me, uh, try to get back to his hotel room. Daniel, why are you in front of me in this corridor? Please get out of the way. At the breakfast queue, Daniel, Daniel! I imagine that Valtteri Bottas is slowly losing the will to live, stuck behind the smiliest man in motorsport.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's quite a... A, a technique I guess um, quite a strat for, for Ricardo to get in front of a Mercedes T-bone them at T1 hold them up for the rest of the race jobs are good good stuff,
0: yeah well done
1: and now I've just got this image
0: in my mind of Valtteri Bottas trying to get a Kit Kat from a vending machine but Daniel Ricardos just just sat there and won't move um, I can see that do you being think, reality
1: do you have Bottas down as a Kit Kat man? ooh,
0: good question what chocolate bar would Valtry Bottas get from a vending machine? Answers in the Discord, please. Probably a brunch bar because it's go. It would explain a lot if he did go for a brunch bar because he is distinctly average. Um, I'm joking. <laughs> I am joking oh Valtry I am joking, Valtteri. I'm joking. I'm not. I'm not joking when it comes to the brunch bars, though. I am staying with that line of thinking. Then Hockx has
2: ended that man's whole career in one line.
0: Uh, Daniel Ricciardo did it for me. I, uh, you yeah. know, I, I'm just kicking a man while he's down. Don't don't blame me for sending him there in the first place.
2: Yeesh, it's harsh at the start of this podcast. Maybe it's because we're going to struggle for things to chat about. Who knows?
0: We will never, ever, ever, ever struggle for things to talk about whilst you're in the room, Sam. You would you would create something out of nothing, and I'm sure Thank of you. that. But we do have some actual topics lined up. Um, The Constructors' Championship, just one point separate Mercedes and Red Bull now. So heading into the last few races of the season, who is the favourite to claim that one? Uh, And our thoughts as well on the Yuki Tsunoda qualifying incident and also Red Bull's reaction to that. That's coming up later on. But first of all, we will look at the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, so Mercedes did a very good job in qualifying seemingly out of nowhere Valtteri Bottas claimed pole position Lewis Hamilton lined up second with the Red Bulls on the second row Uh, but Max Verstappen got the start of his dreams managed to go from P3 to P1 in one move going into turn one so Sam the question here after a very comfortable win for Verstappen did turn one decide it or would Verstappen have got there anyway?
2: If the race was won by, let's say, two, three seconds, turn one would have been the decider. But when you have someone that goes out of wings by almost a full pit stop and Hamilton hasn't had anyone else in front of him for the entire Grand Prix, then it's hard to say that one move at turn one was going to be the deciding factor. That Red Bull absolutely poppycocked itself right up in qualifying and made it a lot harder than it should have been, really, because it's very clear Very clear from the Sunday performance, both Checo and Max Verstappen, lightning fast, that that Red Bull was more than capable of going on to dominate this Grand Prix. And Max Verstappen absolutely did exactly that. He was so dominant, he was so calm, and that move running outside was... You know, I'm not going to put it down. It was a spectacular breaking manoeuvre to go around the outside I've got one, but two Mercedes Grand Prix cars. Uh, one of them being driven by a seven-time world champion. One of them being driven by a man stuck behind a vending machine with an Australian person. Um, you know, some more challenging than others, we'll argue. Um, yeah, so Verstappen, classy. Absolutely classy. But, nonetheless, uh, whether that move was made turn one, uh, corner one, or that one, or it was made on that. 47 on turn 12. I think Max Verstappen in that car at the moment are more than capable of dominating the Mercedes around a track like Mexico. It's it's their backguarding at the moment. You know, they're very, very strong here. They proved it once again. They shot themselves in the foot for qualifying and it made things look a little closer than I think it actually was. And I think that was demonstrated by the end of the race. Harry, do you think turn one was the decider?
1: Um, I don't think it was a necessarily a completely done deal. Um, because we saw how, you know, how difficult it was for Perez to try and get past Hamilton. And he didn't. It did He was sat there all race really. Um, I don't know Perez and Verstappen are slightly different drivers, but um, yeah, I don't think it would have been a would have been a, a done deal if he was still still behind. To be honest, you know, some strategy probably would have come into play and maybe they undercut and he still gets in front. Um, but yeah, it was clear that Red Bull was the quicker car. Uh, today, but I think how difficult it was to overtake around that track. You know, Hamilton could, in my view, could could have held him off. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a done deal. That move is filth, to be honest. Um, lap one, we've seen many many a driver on lap one just skid across the grass trying to do that, um, and Verstappen completely nailed it. Uh, yeah a complete filth. one of the highlight if not the highlight of the race probably and um, we'll get on to that but um, yeah I don't think it was a done deal you know I think the Verstappen would have still found it hard to get past Hamilton on track and you know maybe strategy would have been their best best play if he was still behind at the exit of T3 I think
0: I mean, the absolute confidence of Max Verstappen going into turn one, it was sensational. He was so much later on the brakes than the other two Mercedes drivers. And in fairness, he did have the best angle into the corner. You know, Valtteri Bottas and Lewis Hamilton could not have broke as late as Max Verstappen could. Max Verstappen had more uh, space at his disposal. But you've still got to have that confidence because... If Hamilton or Bottas break at a very similar distance to where Verstappen does, then suddenly Verstappen has run out of room essentially, and he has to take to the grass. So he he has to have absolute confidence in his ability to outbreak the two Mercedes drivers, and and that's exactly what he did. I you know I I doubted it as the move was happening. I I thought. No, this, this isn't going to happen. This is going to be a Lewis Hamilton when he goes across the grass against Nico Rosberg moment. This He's not going to make the corner. And he did. He did barely, but he did. And he <laughs> judged it absolutely perfectly. Now, I think Mercedes really messed up the start, in all honesty. Because, you know, you've got Valtteri Bottas in the middle of the track. And I know questions were asked, did he break too early into turn one? Honestly, as we saw with the Esteban Ocon incident, basically at the same corner, it's really difficult when you're stuck between two cars left and right. The issue was that he didn't cover the left-hand side and maybe he didn't do that because of Lewis Hamilton and his intention to actually let Lewis Hamilton by into the first corner. But you know, Max Verstappen, was given, he was gifted it, as, as the commentary referenced. He was gifted the best line into the first corner, which you cannot do when you've seized the initiative In qualifying, you know, they did the hard work on the Saturday to get the one, two. And realistically, in hindsight, we know that their only chance really was to keep the lead after turn one. And as good as that Max Verstappen move was, looking back at it now, we can honestly say it probably took away most of the race's excitement. The fact that it did happen that early on. I'm with you, Harry, that I don't know whether Max Verstappen would have got past, when he would have got past. But at least it would have made it interesting because I think Lewis Hamilton, with that straight line advantage that he had, I think he could have held off Max Verstappen on track. Now, what Max Verstappen was able to do when he was in the lead was create such a gap that undercuts, overcuts, they didn't matter. Uh, Max Verstappen could essentially pit in response to Mercedes. I think realistically, Verstappen would have been able to keep close enough to Lewis Hamilton that he could have got into the undercut window, at which point he might have got the lead that way. But on track, at least, I don't know if Verstappen would have made that work. We saw what happened when Perez caught up to to Lewis Hamilton. So maybe Verstappen hits that same scenario, except for instances where a car was much, much quicker than another. There wasn't a great deal of overtaking out there. So they might well have lost this on the first corner. And, you know, you could say Bottas is slightly to blame for not going far enough left at the start, you can blame Lewis Hamilton for not claiming pole position on Saturday in the first place, uh, but Max Verstappen, you know, he took the advantage and from there he, he, he didn't break a sweat. You know, he, he really didn't need to worry after he got that first. He was like two seconds clear after two laps. It was almost a Sebastian Vettel job when he was back in Red Bull. You know, it, it, just getting that advantage and never looking in any peril whatsoever of losing that race lead. Um, Realistically, yeah, Red Bull, they had the faster car out there. No disrespect to Sergio Perez, who was definitely helped by the support of the home crowd. If Perez and Hamilton are very similar in terms of pace, that probably means the Red Bull's the better car. Again, no disrespect to Perez, but Hamilton will generally outperform any driver uh, other than maybe a few if if he has the better car. So I, I think realistically, the Red Bull was faster, but... Yeah, Mercedes, they they really gifted it on a silver platter going into that first corner. Disappointing really, because not only did it cost themselves, but it probably cost us a more exciting race.
2: Oh, it was a bit sleepy, wasn't it? I I'm, I'm quite tired, you see, folks. I was I, I was out on a rather late one last night, uh and I thought, you know what? Lad. Oh, lad, lad, lad. Good beer. Uh, you? oh, 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 you're right. I've had a beer. Um, Wait, were you
1: we were you, were you having fun with friends that aren't me and Ben. You are
2: I was at fam- I, I was at a family function, so I wouldn't necessarily. Oh, that, know, that, that just, makes more sense. Yeah, a yeah.
0: family function. Are you fifty? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, all I know was that the entire event, Valteri Bottas was stuck behind me. So oh, you no. tell me, you tell me. I was Daniel Ricciardo there? Didn't? Yeah, know. yeah, he no, was in was the middle funny. of us. Um, right. maybe a conversation for another day. But maybe positions like P3. Get too much of a, a good start at certain Grand Prix. We've seen it a few times in the last few years, where P threes, considering Russia being one of them, the favourable position. I think that showed here. I think Verstappen even said, "I think I'd rather be in P three starting the race," which is such a weird statement for a sport where being at the front is meant to be the most favourable, uh, favourable choice. So interesting.
1: It got to be said that the 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 last time that P three didn't actually get the lead, I think. Was only 2019, and it was Ferrari who managed to execute the one-two off the start, which is seemingly unbelievable. Ferrari they executed that something. Jeez. It's because well, exactly.
2: there's no strategy needed for a start to first corner. It's just all driver related. That's <laughs> yeah, why.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> I was. So don't touch that one. bit. You know, I was half expecting the Ferrari guys to somehow orchestrate Sainz and Leclerc crashing into each other, but somehow they managed to avoid that, so, so fair play to them. They've made some advances in their strategic department, maybe. Um, we do need to, unfortunately for his sake, but fortunately for Sam's sake, talk a bit more on Valtteri Bottas because he did the job on Saturday. He claimed pole position, put out a bit of a belter of a lap, And then it all unraveled very quickly. Um, Spun around by Daniel Ricciardo into the first corner. Any hopes of a recovery drive were completely dashed because he was stuck behind Daniel Ricciardo. Um, And then they decided to pit him 63 times uh, in order to get the fastest lap. Which, in fairness, he did. Which means, is the only reason why Mercedes still just about have the Constructors' Championship advantage. So... Sam, do you think this was was there anything more Bottas could do in terms of rec- of a recovery
2: drive? It's really tough. I don't think Bottas drove badly. Of course, the abs- the actual incident was nothing to do with him. It wasn't his fault at all. You can't you know discredit Bottas for that that incident. I'm surprised that Daniel Ricciardo it didn't even come up with it being investigated. I know it's a lap one incident, but he did properly take him off. And I know he lost his front wing, but that doesn't really feel like suitable punishment. So, yeah, Bottas was stuck behind one of the fastest cars in a straight line, ironically powered by their power unit. The McLaren is an absolute rocket. So when there's only kind of two places to overtake around the track, unless you are really nifty in certain areas, it's very difficult to make sure you get a move done on the likes of Daniel Ricciardo, Mr. Late Breaking himself and huge friend of the podcast, Uh, although he doesn't quite know it just yet. no. No idea. No clue. <laughs> no, no idea. Um, but I mean, I don't know what, what Bottas could have done. He was trying to follow uh, Ricardo through for the rest of the race. Ricardo only moved up so far as well. It showed how difficult it was to follow round this track. There was turbulent air going everywhere. Overheating was becoming a real problem. I think Mexico really displayed a lot of its weaknesses as a racetrack. Not the whole nation, by the way, folks. Just the Mexico City racetrack. Um, displaying some serious weaknesses in producing an entertaining Grand Prix. So, we know how bad the Segers is at following. Bottas showed that in all of its aces today. It was a real troublemaker. Um, In the sense that it didn't actually cause any trouble, only just for Bottas. It was tough for him. I can't actually blame him too much for where he ended up being, because it was quite clear from a lot of battles going on up and down the track that overtaking was very difficult unless you had a significantly difference in speed. So... Um, it was tough. It was rubbish. They had 43 pit stops. I don't really think it's his fault.
0: All right. I, I've Term one incident. This needs to be said. And I'm going to pick one fairly recent, but not completely random incident here. Can someone please explain to me, in plain English, why that incident out there today did not warrant a penalty, but the Gasly one at Turkey did? Do you know the um, you know like the, the the office meme where where Pam's holding up the two images and they're actually the same image? <laughs> yeah. That feels like the incidents that occurred there because Daniel Ricardo lo- to be honest the Ricardo one's probably worse cuz Daniel Ricardo actually locked up on his own volition just went straight into Valtteri Bottas. Gasly was as he referenced in a bit of a sandwich which Ricardo wasn't but apparently the Gasly one is worth 5 seconds this one isn't worth anything completely... B- actually, no, it doesn't completely baffle me, because it's the stewards. But if they had any brains or sense about them, it would baffle me. How? How do you make that decision? Um, but moving on from that, the actual race that unfolded from Bottas's perspective, you know, it, he was actually ahead of Ricardo after the pit stops, because Bottas came in for the change of tyres, but it was Ricardo that needed the new front wing. So, It was actually Ricardo that overtook Bottas immediately after the restart. He was probably thinking, ah, that's all right, I'll get that position back. Not quite, buddy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 60 laps later, um, and he's still behind him. But um, yeah, that's probably what cost him here. And the later it got on into the Grand Prix, the more it was like, well, you're not going to finish in the points anyway. Actually, your, your best use right now, Valtteri, is being in the race with a few laps to go so you have a chance at the fastest lap. That might sound harsh, but as it was getting closer to the end, it was fairly apparent, you know, P10 isn't even happening. So the only way you're going to prove useful to the Mercedes' championship efforts is by taking the fastest lap off Max Verstappen. Um, And and that's what he did. So I can't blame him too much for not taking a risk later on in the Grand Prix. Earlier on, there were a few opportunities where you were just like, go on, Go on, send it, go on, give it a go. Um but you can't be disappointed with him because that's who Bottas is. We've got used to it by now. Bottas has many strengths, but he has some weaknesses, and one of those is he's just not aggressive enough in those sorts of situations. I've Hamilton I believe would have got past him. I believe Verstappen would've done. Bottas didn't do, but you know, you can't be if you're Mercedes, you can't be disappointed because you've you've had this for years. You know what he is by now. Every time you renew his contract for a year, you know what you're getting with Valtteri Bottas and what you're not getting. And you're not getting a guy who is fantastic at overtakes compared to some of the other drivers on the grid. So, yeah, I I think the later on in the Grand Prix it got, Valtteri Bottas was fairly blameless. Um, And of course, the first corner incident, there was nothing he could do about that. You know, you could argue he should have broke slightly later into the first corner, but I think you're, you're nitpicking at that point. But he did at least do his job towards the end of the Grand Prix. He got the fastest lap. He did it by quite a margin as well. I think it was uh, it was well over a second. So, um, you know, just the... I, I can't imagine what he was going through his mind as he was coming into the pits to do a fastest lap, getting caught up with Verstappen, being hauled back into the pits again, building a gap, Something happened with Russell, but I'm not quite sure what in terms of the gap there. So he was probably told to 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 just get basically get a little bit of space to actually execute this fastest lap. And he's probably thinking, all right, I'm not even, I'm not even gaining a point for myself now. I'm literally just taking a point off Max Verstappen. Uh, but he did his job at least. So fair play to him. Real, real gut punch though, because I thought his qualifying lap was absolutely quality on Saturday. Um, it was a really good lap. It's so easy, uh, and this was mentioned quite a few times in qualifying, it's so easy to overdo a lap in qualifying and not have enough tyres by the end of the lap to, to get pole or, or get where you should be. Bottas' is qualifying lap on board, he is so smooth on all entries, on all exits all the way through the lap, to the point where the last few corners, he's still he's still nailing it. So it's even more of a gut punch that it was such a good lap. So real tough one for him. What, what are your views on it, Harry.
1: Well, I think if an alien landed on Earth and said... Came up to us and said... Oh, well, first of all, we'd be like, well, that's an alien. But second of all... Where's this said, going? Don't you worry. If this an alien comes, said... You? Uh <laughs> What is you? What is... Please can you sum up Valtteri Bottas's career at Mercedes? What I would do is I'd show them this weekend. Because it, it's like his whole career at Mercedes in one go. He can be blindingly fast... Uh, and Ben, I'm absolutely with you on that quali lap. That was it was sublime because it, we talked a lot of what we'll get onto Red Bull's troubles in quali. But he he qualified Hamilton, which I guess Mercedes didn't necessarily want. But he he, yeah, he, he nailed him. So yeah, blindingly fast. And then and then he just has like some some really bad luck, and then doesn't really help himself much further. And then just to top off his troubles, he has like some more bad luck from his team, like some slow stops not really putting him in and back out in the right place having to get out of the way again so um, yeah it just felt like a real summation of his time at Mercedes which is you know maybe what could have been for, for, for poor Valtteri but um, yeah I'm entirely with you he's completely blameless for the lap one thing pretty shocked that it wasn't even noted was it even noted that about Daniel Ricciardo It was no, noted no I was not noted me with you nodding your head sounds
2: sorry time.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't even noted, which seems completely bizarre to be honest. Um, and I know they relaxed things at T one just for the race, but surely that didn't mean you can T bone someone. That's that's too relaxed, I think. Um, yeah, and then after that, it just it all went downhill. I don't understand why he lost out at the start. We didn't re- uh, restart with Ricardo. We didn't really see that, but um, yeah, it, it was all downhill from there. And like I said, Ben, I think there are a couple of opportunities when he could have. Could have at least tried to send one, you know, into turn one. If it doesn't work out, he's bouncing across the grass and he rejoins again, has to let him through. I don't know what he risks by that point. But, you know, that's like I said, I think that's just not in Bottas's nature. He's he's just, he play, he's more of a driver who plays it safe, which sometimes works. But more often than not, it doesn't really work for him. So, um, yeah, just I just feel sorry, sorry for the guy. That was a pretty, pretty shocking race for him after what was a really good Saturday.
2: I reckon he got a um a little bit too happy with clearly winging the best prize already of the weekend, which was Fangio's helmet, goggles. Mm. He clearly went, There's nothing better that I can take home this weekend, so hit me, Ricardo. Hit me and spin me right round, baby, right round, you little Aussie beauty.
1: Your whippersnipper?
2: Your little whippersnipper. That's all he's gone for. He just wants to look at Ricardo's wing. His big wang for a whole race.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't want to look at his big wang? Wow, this uh, this segment got
0: strange. Um, yeah, I uh, now you've said it, Harry. I think you're actually spot on that this weekend was Fauntleroy Bossas in a nutshell. Fa- let's 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 do it bit by bit. Fastest in in a practice session. Pole position gets taken out in turn one. Can't overtake cars. Slow pit stop, and has to do the fastest lap at the end to help his team. It's so vouchery. That's Bottas Bingo, (laughs) isn't it? That's. uh... Oh,
1: good game.
0: Yeah, if anyone can write out a Bottas Bingo card uh, and let us know, again, get get in the Discord and uh, and send us that, we'd be we'd be excited to play that. um, With just a few more races before he's done.
2: If anyone else would like to join me in the new game, hashtag WangWatch, uh, we'll start that up. All right.
1: No, um, I don't think
0: we boss will. Botas Bingo. <laughs> Play Botas Bingo, not WangWatch.
1: Please. This is... <laughs> I was, g- was going to say, this is really late night, late breaking, but, I mean, it's half past nine, guys. This is, this is. Yeah, I know sounds tired here, but this is, <laughs> this is far too ridiculous for half past nine. Oh,
2: God. Where's it going?
0: should we move on to a a really feel good moment because Sergio Perez got a podium at his home Grand Prix and it was absolute in the baseball stadium of, of the circuit it was utterly electric at the end of the Grand Prix um you could you know the the guys doing the interviews could barely hear each other um the crowd going absolutely crazy for him Finished third place. Very nearly took P2 from Lewis Hamilton. So, Sam, another podium. Do you think he should be happy with his performance here? He's definitely helped them out in terms of the Constructors' Championship. Or do you think there will be just a tinge of disappointment at not getting P2?
2: I think there will be. I think there will be a couple of percent of him that sits there and thinks, oh, it could have been the one-two. So he even said it in his post-race interview. He said, I'm a bit disappointed, that I couldn't take it one step further and get the team a one-two. And I think that's the racer in him, right? He's so proud to be on the podium in his home race. The first Mexican to ever get a podium at their home Grand Prix. Incredibly well-deserved, which is amazing to see. Um, but yeah, of course, the racer in him wants to drive further, wants to go faster, wants to overtake the person in front. The person being the title challenger and the seven-time world cha- reigning champion, Lewis Hamilton. That will just make it a little bit sweeter for him. But it didn't happen. And I also don't think he should be too harsh on himself. I think mean, after the Bottas incident, Third place, um, as a minimum, was a must for Sergio Perez. I think if he dropped back any further than that, then questions should be asked, because that Red Bull this weekend was electrically fast, like, unprecedentedly quick. It was so dominant, so third place was a minimum, I think, but he did achieve that, and he really put pressure on Lewis Hamilton. I think he could be happy if you look back at all the other battles, and one we've already talked about, Bottas v. Ricardo. And it shows how hard it was to actually pass when you got close. If you do not have a two, two and a half second advantage, it felt like it was almost impossible to really mount a proper challenge against your opponent. So when Perez did come up against uh, Lewis Hamilton in those last few laps, the gap sat about nine tenths to a second. It was very much like what we saw with Hamilton and Perez, uh, actually in USA. Not Perez, uh, Verstappen in USA. Um, They got to the gap. The gap came down. You're thinking, hang on, we have a fight here. And then it just came back out again due to dirty air and overheating. So, uh, yes, Perez will be a little bit disappointed. But do I think that we should look at that as disappointing for him? No, I don't. I think he had a very good weekend. I think he's doing exactly what Red Bull needs. And I'm really happy that we saw him on the podium this race weekend. It was a strong performance from Perez.
0: Harry, do you think that he should be in any way disappointed that he didn't get P2?
1: Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Sam said in terms of uh, yeah, there will be a tinge of disappointment here. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, I think if Verstappen gets stuck behind Hamilton, I think even it's, for him it's tricky to to overtake with that straight line advantage that that the Mercedes had. Um, so you know, they tried. He he executed that strategy. They sort of gave him pretty perfectly. He you know he <laughs> took those tires longer than pretty much anyone else. I think those medium tires. Um, and then hunted Hamilton down fairly quickly and was on his gearbox for the last 10 laps of the race, but obviously then in that dirty yeah, air couldn't couldn't uh, get past. But, you know, I think he he'll he'll still, still going to be pleased being on the podium at his home GP. And I think, arguably, I think he might be in the form of his life at the moment. I don't think... I think the, this last run, I know, is difficult to tell because he was obviously in a team that wasn't on the podium, couldn't really fight for regular podiums. Um, but in terms of consistency, and certainly this year... It's the best we've seen um, for, from Perez, so I think from that he can he can be pleased and it's, he has really turned up. At the, I know he struggled earlier on in the year, but I think for Red Bull he's turned up pretty much at the perfect time for them because without I know Bottas was taken out today, but I think without him, you know, life would be more difficult for Verstappen than it than it already is with with the fight with Hamilton. So in terms of Red Bull's both constructors, but also for the drivers. I think Perez being in this form is is really good for them.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I, I think Perez should be a bit disappointed that he didn't get P2 for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I think he had the car to finish P2. So if you're finishing P3 and you've got the fastest car on the day, there's got to be some sort of disappointment there. But I actually think the disappointment should be directed at the team rather than himself. I think he actually did... You know, qualifying aside, on the Sunday at least I think he did everything he could do but I don't think the team actually played it right in keeping him out there longer Um, it it, it was a bit of a marginal decision I'll I'll give them that but when Lewis Hamilton came into the pits we had the AWS graphic um, first of all, actually before I say that the AWS graphic (laughs) that managed to change the striking distance laps by five laps just in a corner first of all, what's up with that? But that's an aside. The AWS graphic that came up, which said um, the percentage chance that he would Perez would manage to get the overtake on Lewis Hamilton. It was basically a 50 50 chance. I think it even extended to about 54 percent, if I remember correctly, that Perez would get the overtake on Lewis Hamilton. That was the literally the lap directly after Lewis Hamilton pit. And they decided not to pit Perez the lap after. So the question you've got to ask yourself at that point is, if Perez has got a 54% chance of getting the overtake done, is that percentage chance higher or lower, to go with one of our great games, is one of the is percentage chance higher or lower of him getting the overtake later on in the race? We saw that overtakes were so difficult, even when you know tyre life was better on some cars. We, knew, we know the Mercedes was incredibly fast in a straight line, so I think realistically, he was very optimistic to think that Sergio Perez was going to get that overtake done on Lewis Hamilton. He was able to catch up, of course, but getting an overtake done on a seven-time world champion who has a very quick car on a straight line on a track where not many overtakes are happening. I, I would say that's less of a chance. I would trust the Red Bull pit crew more than I would trust Perez to get an overtake done, even with a tyre advantage on Lewis Hamilton. So I think they should have gambled. Brought him into the pits the lap after Lewis Hamilton. Let the Red Bull crew do a classic two point two second pit stop and see if they can beat Hamilton out of the pits. Because I think that would have given a better chance of an overtake than than actually waiting and, and seeing if it could be done later on in the Grand Prix. It, it wasn't working for anyone else. So I don't think I don't think there was any reason to believe that that it would happen for him as well.
2: I agree uh, with um, what you sorry, go on. Yeah. No, go on, Big, I thought you finished. Carry on.
0: No, I was just going to say I think Sergio Perez should be should be happy. You know, he, he he did have a very good race, and I would say he is in the as Harry you've mentioned he is in the best form definitely of the season. Um, you know, he's been far better the last few races than he was towards the beginning of the year. I would add a slight caveat to that in that I think Red Bull and Mercedes have actually distanced themselves from the midfield a bit. Uh, In this second half of the year, I think McLaren in particular were much stronger in the first half of the year to the point where they could mix it up with Perez a bit more. So I think that has helped. But even, even so, Perez has been very solid the last few races and he should be happy with his performance out there. He was closer to
2: Max Verstappen than he was in Austin as well. So fair play to him for that. Um, what I was going to say is, speaking exactly what you both said about you know, the form that he's currently in, with the results that he's been picking up, he's closed the gaps of Valkyrie Bottas down to 20 points, I believe it is, which is. When we were, you know, after the first five or six races of the of the year, we thought, that's it, you know, Perez is definitely going to be the bottom of these. Like, he was behind Norris. We even had that conversation, I'm sure you'll both remember, where we said, can Perez actually get past Norris in the points table uh, by the end of the season? And now. If he carries on with the form he's in, there's every chance he beats Valtteri Bottas in the Drivers' Championship, and you have to say that that surely would be the deciding factor for Red Bull picking up the Constructors' Championship as well. So, arguably, Sergio Perez doing absolutely everything that Red Bull need their second driver to be doing, finally, you have to say. So, um, yeah, no, he's, he's really pulling out the results.
0: Speaking of Sergio Perez, he won the vote for Driver of the Day by the fans, but the question is, will he win it in the
2: eyes of us three? Sam, driver of the day. Uh, Max Verstappen, hangs down. Sorry, the the move around the outside was absolutely, and to honour a new F3 driver, saucy, saucy, saucy. It was so saucy, so smooth. Um, I loved it. It was, as Harry described it earlier, filth. Um, Yeah, really, really enjoyable. And then he absolutely dominated the rest of the Grand Prix. Max Verstappen did literally... Every single thing he needed to do to win this Grand Prix. If you had a tick box, a tick sheet, every box is ticked right now. Max Verstappen is driver of the day and thoroughly deserves it.
0: Harry, driver of the day.
1: I, I agree with the Verstappen one. He was that's probably one of, if not his most, uh, you know, emphatic wins of the year. Um, but I want to give a shout out to uh, F1 retirement home, otherwise known as P7 to P9, which was. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen, and Fernando Alonso. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a, how many championships is there between those two? Seven, seven more championships. So a Lewis Hamilton covering that. That is those three. That's those what those seven is going as
2: one Lewis Hamilton, yeah.
1: please. One Lewis Hamilton. Um, but yeah, all all stellar races from them, and I'm gonna give it. Just and this is probably me being sentimental, but I'm going to give it to Kimi Räikkönen because he finally was in a good position and he didn't somehow possibly it in the last yeah. in the last yeah. few laps. So, gonna gonna give it to Kimster. Um, all three, to be fair, all three of those Fernando Alonso avoiding the chaos at T one. I think you know Vettel as well had to avoid some some carnage too. Um, but I think all three of those actually had some stellar races. Um, so yeah, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Kimi. I was so ready for it
0: to do a cut to Kimi Raikkonen going across the grass after turn one <laughs> um, yeah. uh, and it didn't yeah. happen well done Kimi, you know he finally managed to go past the 95% mark of a Grand Prix and still drive like a, a normal racing
1: driver like a, like an F1 world champion yeah. well, well done well. Kimi
0: uh, I am going to agree 100% with Sam. Max Verstappen was the driver of the day. He completely dominated proceedings after that turn one turn one overtake. You know, the overtake by itself was fantastic, but he, he just, every time he was on the team radio, he was so fully aware of everything that was happening that was outside of his control, outside of his Grand Prix. It showed how in control he actually was and really wasn't worried about losing this Grand Prix. So uh, yeah, I'd go for him as driver of the day. I'll also give a shout out, but I'll give the shout out to uh, the man in the middle, uh, Pierre Gasly. Oh, you know, he, Gasly, he was just, again, you can't ask for anything more than that, right? He was he was in a world of his own. You know, Carlos Sainz did temporarily try to catch him, didn't really work. Um, yeah, he was just in a world of his own. Probably a very boring Grand Prix from his side, but I'm sure he'll take the points.
2: He's the man in the middle.
0: That's who he was actually singing about, uh, old MJ. He was singing about uh, singing about Pierre Gasly uh, some years before he was even born. Bit of a visionary was Michael Jackson. Yeah.
2: Let's move on from MJ swiftly. <laughs> Worst driver of the day. Who have you got, Sam? Uh, I'm going to have to give it to my old maple man, Lance Stroll, I'm afraid. Um, you know, the the guy tried to Just cut out three corners at one point by not breaking. Um, Decided to forget where that pedal was. He also finished, I think, a good seven or... I think it was seven places behind his teammate, but that was after Bottas had pitted for the 86th time. So, should be eight places behind his teammate. Um, Even with all the carnage that went on, didn't really get anything out of it. When we saw Giovinazzi in sixth place, even Mazepin, I think, was in 11th or 12th in in lap one. Um, Stroll struggling um he was just not there this race weekend it was a tough one for him and he never really pulled anything out of the bag so for me Lance Stroll worst driver of the day if Lance Stroll
0: is me
2: old maple man what
0: does that make Nicholas Latifi
2: the old maple man isn't he, he Nutella he cannot have, he have two <laughs> me old maple men Sam that's not how <laughs> it works isn't everyone from Canada me old maple man
0: Oh god! <laughs> that's the equivalent of mate or uh, or buddy. Yeah, over there. It's, uh, when you walk down the road. All
2: right, me. Uh, all right, me old mate, will mate. Now that's Australian. I can't do a Canadian accent. Oh my god! Booting a boot, me, good, me-, good me, good me old meeple man. <laughs> that was more, Scandi. Jo-
0: <laughs> ah yes, the old Geordie Canadians. Yes, uh, <laughs> Canada. I'm sorry. Man. Right. I don't
2: usually offend
0: Canada. <laughs> no, no. You decided to mix it up. A bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sorry, I'm
0: worst really sorry. driver
1: of the day for you, Harry. Well, not to rub salt into the old Canada wound here, but I'm gonna have to give <laughs> it to <till> Lance. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, I, I'm still unsure if he has decided to break for turn four yet. I think not quite. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a solid race for Lance. He seemed to be in the pits quite a lot. Not quite as much as Bottas. Um, but yeah, even then he was only one place ahead of Bottas, and Bottas was backwards at turn one. So it um, yeah, wasn't wasn't a great I wasn't a great weekend for him. I know he was already starting at the back, but he absolutely wrecked his car in a in quali, and then just didn't have a particularly stellar race. So sorry, Lance.
0: Well, my philosophy is if Daniel Ricciardo isn't going to be punished by the stewards, it's going to be even worse <laughs> for him. He's going to be punished by Ben Hocking. He's going to be gutted. Uh, worst driver Zimmer. of the day for Daniel Ricciardo. Uh, this was a really important race for him, mainly because the Ferraris looked pretty good. Uh, I don't think they had the best qualifying session in the world collectively, but they looked very good throughout practice. And you kind of knew if nothing happened for the two of them, they were going to get solid points. And we also knew that Lando Norris was going to start from the back of the grid, which made Daniel Ricciardo's race even more important. And it lasted all of about one corner. Um, you know, the recovery drive itself was was fine enough. Um, you know he he did okay in that respect but really uh, in a race where Ferrari were able to claim 18 points uh, and McLaren were ultimately only able to claim one that's pretty disappointing from Ricardo's perspective considering the guy who started at the back of the grid was the guy who gave them the one Um, so yeah the situation called for a much better performance and uh, you know it just proved that you can't win the race in turn one but you can certainly lose it and I feel like that
1: needs to go on a t-shirt. There you go. New merch idea.
2: Moment. We haven't got any yet, so... well wow. <laughs> Hey, let, let's get it
0: organised. Moment of the race, Sam?
2: Uh, it's got to be where S. Van decided to do two rookies one corner. um, And he was sat there with all the carnage going on and managed to simultaneously take out Yuki Tsunoda... And Mick Schumacher. It wasn't his fault, by the way, folks. But all of a sudden, it was, boing! There goes Mick. There he goes Yuki. Both out of the race. Thank you very much. See you in the next Grand Prix. Um, I just found it quite amusing. I'm playing everyone was very safe, very, very healthy when they got out of the car. All good. But it was very funny on board of Ocon to just see these two people just bounce over his tyres. Um, there weren't many other moments of the race. It was quite boring. So, that one.
1: <laughs> Complete murder, wasn't it? No, but
0: yeah, I, I I might have to change my section of moment of the race and actually rename it to Ferrari team radio moment of the race because it go it goes to the Ferrari guys yet again. Charles Leclerc wondering is a two stop doable. Ferrari coming back with the ever words of wisdom. Yeah, but you'll lose some spots. But don't do it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, strategists. From the guys that brought you, if you, if you don't let P2 pass, you'll Nick. win the race. Um, good lord. What a sequel. Honestly, I've, if there ever becomes a, another Ferrari seat available, when they put out the job description, they better put out in bullet points like, needs to be quick, you know, needs to understand car setup and then just a really important bullet point, needs to be able to direct his own race because we cannot do it. That's so not
2: what we're
1: we going at. I mean, on that, and sorry, this is not my moment, but on that, when they uh, asked Leclerc to, to to swap over and all he came back was with... <laughs> <laughs> <they found that. laughs> yeah. going through a tunnel. Going through a tunnel. <laughs> Can't hear you.
0: To be fair, the (laughs) going through a tunnel technique probably would have worked with Ferrari. Yeah. yeah, Where is he?
2: Going through a tunnel. Is there a tunnel around Mexico? Yeah, definitely. He wouldn't lie.
0: Oh, man. Um, I'm excited. What is your actual moment of the race, Harry?
1: (laughs) Um, This isn't, again, sorry, I'll stop naming things that aren't my moment of the race, but um, a shout out to just the general Atmos when Checo got his podium and considering where he was this time last year which was without a drive um, it was very lovely to see especially with all his family there and his little little kid and his you know the most enthusiastic father in the world I think um, but my, my actual moment, yeah my actual it, he loves it it was like Chequardt won the race wasn't it it was ridiculous yeah. um, but my actual moment of the race and we've already spoken about this is, is Mercedes slash Bottas trying to get fastest lap being behind <laughs> Verstappen <laughs> Then being in front of Verstappen, but then getting a blue flag because they have to let Verstappen back pass again, so having to pit him again for the fifty-third time. Then holding him, and then as you say, Ben, something happened with Russell as well, like just a fast end into what was a terrible race. But so I'll give that one to get that one to Botties.
0: So yeah, there were a few bright sparks in terms of moments in this Grand Prix. <laughs> you just had to look a little bit harder than usual. We we've
1: I'm sorry, we've padded out I say padded. Have we 43 we don't minutes. not pad out, Harry. We no, don't are we pad
2: 43 out. minutes in. Oh, my God. We've,
1: we've only just done the, the first section of our, of our little planet. This is amazing. It's like the race was epic.
2: There are TV episodes that are shorter than this, with adverts included. Look at the content we bring. <laughs> we should start doing our own adverts.
0: That, that, that's a good idea. Pad out the time a bit more. If- or like fake Let's ad yeah.
2: yeah. what we could be like? Um, we could sell fake things that we're related to, <laughs> like, like, brunch, bar, yeah, like <laughs> brunch bars. Yeah, like breaking brunch bars. Yeah, because that's going
0: to end well, isn't it? it no lawsuits be- No <laughs>
1: capris coming to a bus.
2: No, I think they could be. They have a green filling, and then they could be black.
1: I'm um, constant to discover why this is actually 44 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> we've only talked about F1 for about six
0: minutes of this.
2: <laughs> Wang Watch is still available. Oh, oh geez. God. Right, moving on.
0: As you referenced, we have already, we've already only got to the moment of the race and we've still got a bit to cover yet. So looking at the championship effort, I'm going to talk about the Constructors' Championship effort here. Mercedes, one point clear of Red Bull with just a few races to go. Sam, I'm going to give you a pound. Um, I, it's not mine. I've, I've nicked it off Dave Benton Phillips, so don't worry.
2: Oh, that's all <laughs> oh, of his money. Dave.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Um, I'm giving you the pound. At this point in time, you have to put the bet on either Red Bull or Mercedes to win the Constructors. Who are you going for? Dave. Yeah, you can come out. Who,
2: who are we going for? Re- Red Bull. You're going for Red Bull. Red Bull it is Dave's hanging moment. He said Red Bull. Uh, and I don't want to make that bet without Dave He struggles with that quid um, Is this slander? Are we in trouble? Um, <laughs> honestly <laughs> Red Bull are by far The favourites, Red Bull are by far the, the better car it feels like Max Verstappen, I know he's not a momentum driver We've said this multiple times but he is On fantastic form, he's not Buckling under the pressure, he's not folding When he needs to, you know, the guy is Delivering time after time, no Mistakes it feels like from Max Verstappen and now, Sergio Perez has turned up. We had the summer break. He realized that matching Max's car setup isn't how it works for him. So he started doing his own thing and it's working. He's getting performances out of that car. No, he's not winning race after race, but podiums are starting to flood in. This is great. It is really, really good. Red Bull have needed this and they're finally getting it. And I think now that the Honda engine relatively matches Mercedes, the aerodynamic package with um with that strategy team that they've got working there is fantastic. They have got the full package this season and they are delivering it. Five races, Four races going out, five races to go? Four. It's four. We just had the five races to go. Um, they are by far, I think, the favourites. I think the Sages actually are quite big underdogs, which I never thought I'd say that with four races to go. But I really do think the Sages have got a lot of work to do. If there's any chance that they pull this back.
0: Harry, I'm giving you a pound as well. Don't worry. I've taken another pound off Dave and Phillips. Dave's in debt. (laughs) #Hashtag Dave in debt. But (laughs) 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 which of the teams do you have more confidence in?
1: Um, uh, See, this is very uh, very similar to how our preview podcast went on this sort of subject. Um, I I still don't think I can call it. I think even you know, and and I, I agree with what Sam said in terms of you know Red Bull. Currently, you have to judge by the last few races; they look like the stronger package. But we saw yesterday in Quali how easily it can go wrong. I don't know. Ultimately, you know, ultimately it it went, went well for them today. But another track where they don't have that turn one, you know, long run down to turn one. Does do Red Bull stay third and fourth? And you know, I think it can turn so easily this year. Um, the form book, I don't think exists. There isn't a book. They've not written it, or they have thrown it in the bin. I don't know. Either way. Um, yeah, I just don't, I just think it's still, it's still too close to call. Um, but I, I agree with what Sam's saying in terms of Red Bull look like a pretty strong package, and it's going to be tough for Mercedes because they're behind in one and only just ahead of, of in the other championship. So um, it's going to be intriguing, but um, I don't think I can call would want to call it either way. Which I know is just typical me not wanting to call anything or make a decision or conclusion. But um, I just think it's too tight.
0: So in conclusion either Red Bull or Mercedes will win the Constructors' Championship, or is that, the is that not on? Is that still, like, too much, you know, not on the fence at no,
1: all? Well, the one with the most points will win, or, I You'll you you, you get a job somewhere, I know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: would love you. He really would. Um, I think at this point, you know, if, and I'm going to take another pound off Dave Benson Phillips to, to give my own bet on oh, this. Yeah. David, Dave in debt continues, but I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll put the money on Red Bull at this point. You know, Mercedes did have that healthy buffer in the Constructors' Championship, which they never really had in the drivers, but you're right in what you say, Harry, either, either result wouldn't shock me because of how one incident, one DNF, one crash, how much that can swing things one way or the other, and there's still the potential for that to happen to the benefit of both parties. So, you know, the, I wouldn't want to put, you know, full confidence in one or the other at this point. But yeah, if I had to pick one or the other, it would have to be Red Bull just because Perez is starting to come into his own now where I think he and Bottas are pretty evenly matched. I know Bottas had a tough one today, but actually, generally speaking, Bottas has had a good last sort of five, six races or so. So I think they cancel each other out. Uh, And I think Verstappen and Hamilton, in terms of performance, I've kind of said this all year, I think they cancel each other out. I think they are the two best drivers in Formula One and that they're both sensational. Um, So really, at that point, if you do think the drivers cancel each other out, it kind of turns to strategy. It comes down to pit stops. It comes down to who you think has the best car. And honestly, on all three fronts, I would trust Red Bull more. I think they've got the better car at the moment. I think in terms of pit stops, they've been unmatched for a long, long time. And in terms of strategy as well, I'd say it's a bit closer. But actually, Mercedes have appeared a bit more vulnerable this year than Red Bull have, in my view. So if, if Red Bull are ahead on all three fronts, then it would only be right to trust them a little bit more. But I, I agree with what you say, Harry. One one incident, one small incident could completely change it one way or the other. And of course, Haas could could just turn this around, yeah.
1: Could nick it, yeah. They could nick it.
2: I, I reckon a Mazepin dive bomb in Saudi Arabia could turn the tides. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if
0: grid penalties keep going the way they are, he might actually start like P5 or something. So he might be in a position to go for the lead.
1: Again, I've got to say this. This year in particular, and I know it's a you know we've got a longer season but this we've had so many grid penalties i feel like we're back in like 2014 and 15 when we you know first got these engines it's been it's been a bit ridiculous i know some have been tactical it's been a bit ridiculous on the older uh, penalty front i'm going to say
0: is it i am not quite sure on this but the allocation is it any different because obviously last year it was a shortened calendar and um,
1: yeah i think it's the same isn't it they had the yeah, yeah, allocation same allocation yeah
0: yeah it's the same and it Well, I mean, we're obviously growing in terms of the number of races we have year on year. By 2030, I think we might be on to 50 races. So, at some point, they're going to have to up the allocation, right?
1: One a week. Eventually, Every there's week.
2: going to be one race a day. <laughs>
1: Bring it on. It, even
2: Snetterton might stand a chance. We
1: might make enough money
2: to buy some dinner.
1: 365 uh, podcasts a year for us, which... May be exhausting. That's and to be honest, any
2: podcast. To be honest, I'm up for that.
0: <laughs> I'll do it. We'll move on to our final topic of today, which is actually looking at what happened yesterday as we record this. Uh, in qualifying, Red Bull. It didn't go very well for them. Uh, I guess it all ended All's well that ends well from a Red Bull perspective, but in terms of qualifying, it definitely didn't go their way. Verstappen qualified P3, Perez qualified P4 and it seems as if they had the advantage going into the session. Now something happened towards the end of the second runs in Q3 where Yuki Tsunoda uh, trying to get out of the way of Sergio Perez going off the track uh, kicked up a bit of dust. Sergio Perez essentially followed Yuki Tsunoda off the track and also disrupted Max Verstappen who was coming along behind. So neither of the two Red Bull drivers were able to get in a better run. Uh, better effort on their second runs so um, looking at the incident itself and also in terms of Red Bull's response
2: to this what do you make of it son? I don't really know what more Yuki could do he didn't get a penalty for a reason he wasn't brought into the stewards for a reason he got out of the way you know Perez literally following a driver straight off the track is bizarre that just seems like a bad call from the driver you're wrong. a hot lap stay on the racetrack he's out the way And then Max Verstappen, you know, you're also separate from this. Um, I think Max was already down on his time, actually, in comparison to what Bottas had already done. So he wasn't looking like he was going to be snatching pole position unless something miraculous happened. So in terms of the actual on-track action, can't blame Yuki, in my opinion, at all. I think this is just a real mess from the Red Bull the senior team, the two lead drivers at Red Bull. I think it's really, really farcical that they did this. And then afterwards... So I, I missed qualifying. I've had to catch up with it because, obviously, I was I was out at a family function. Um, <laughs> I, um, I caught up on the action. And I saw a lot of the press releases come out before I saw qualifying. One of them being said by Christian Horner. The quote was, I believe, I think we got synoded." Now... He doesn't have the best media tact, does Christian Horner. He's not always been the most savvy in front of a camera. He likes to just say what's on his mind. But what a way to possibly destroy your young driver's motivation, your young driver's relationship with the team, for feeling like you're part of the family, for building that long-term contract uh, prospect. Just take the fact that you didn't do a very good job. It was a silly mistake. Take a deep breath and get the job done, as Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez did on Sunday. The media handing at Red Bull is so toxic, especially towards their younger drivers. And I felt really sorry for Yuki. The fact that I think I saw the Mercedes uh, F1 Twitter admin reply to Yuki's post on Twitter saying, don't worry mate, keep your head up, these things happen, you can do it. Why is that coming from the rival team? Why are they giving the pep talk to the junior driver of their championship rival? That makes no sense! That's bizarre! So, for me, it's, it's, it's been pretty badly handled by Red Bull, both on-track and off-track. You expect more from those two drivers. They're better than that. They should go where their traffic is. They're going to have to deliver a lap when it counts. There's only 10 cars on the track. They should be able to do that. Uh, and then I expect more from the likes of Christian Horner, who is trying to nurture and develop drivers for the future. And he absolutely destroyed any confidence that Yuki might have had. Uh, and it's a real shame that Yuki didn't get the chance to race today you know, properly either because of the crash with Espen Ocon. He couldn't turn that confidence around, so maybe he's got to go another week now before he can restore that. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty tough, pretty pretty harsh.
0: Harry, could Sonoda have done anything about the incident, and, and what did you make of Red Bull's response to it?
1: Um, I, I, look, he he could have gone. He was doing. He was out on the track, just giving people. He was giving Gasly a toe, wasn't he? So theoretically, he could have pulled him behind Gasly and then just gone a bit quicker to the pits. Um, but he wasn't in anyone's way uh, the the getting off the track thing i get how it's distracting perez obviously made a mistake and then followed him off and then Verstappen like I say sam was already down but lost more time theoretically because he, he thought there was going to be a yellow flag um but it was just all, it was just all a, a complete complete mess to be honest um but i don't think you can blame sonoda um yeah like i say i think the only thing he could have done is has gone faster on his on his in lap but as long as you're not getting in the way, then I don't see why. Um, as for how it was handled, I don't want to blame everyone at Red Bull because I don't think it is everyone at Red Bull. I think it is two people at Red Bull. It's, it's Mr. Horner, as Sam, Sam's already mentioned, and then also Helmut Marko. Um It's just I don't know what, and I know it's heat of the moment things, but but what what they thought they were achieving by by you know fair enough if it's a George Russell, or it's a, you know, another Mercedes driver, or or if it's anyone that's not in your Red Bull family, you can you can sling a sling a, a blame, at them, you know, in the media afterwards on Sky F1. But what's the point in in trying to trying to take down your own one of your own? I just don't do not understand it. Um, so yeah, that was just it was just handled completely poorly, and it is indicative of of a problem that Red Bull have with their junior program we've seen it so many times we spoke about it so many times that they they're not particularly good at nurturing their young drivers they are they have so many drivers on the grid that are in the Red Bull program but a lot of them a lot of them have found, found it tough being in that program so um yeah it's a shame to see and, and I don't I don't really blame blame Yuki to be honest it just just seems quite unfair on his on his part and like Sam said um, it's unfortunate he didn't get to show his pace today, actually, I think he was having quite a good weekend.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think in terms of the incident itself, I'm not quite sure what they expected him to do—just disappear. Um, I-, I agree with what you said, Harry. That maybe he could have gone quicker on his in lap and and you know not met anyone in what would have what was really the worst part of the circuit to meet another car. I agree with what you said, but in my view, he is at the discretion of his team uh, on an in lap in terms of managing the gaps to guys you know, coming behind. I think he is completely at the whim of his team. And I don't think he needs to be the one to manage his pace to determine where he's... Because he's, he hasn't got perspective on that, whereas the team do. So uh, if there was something he could do in that respect, it would have only come from orders from the team. Uh, and honestly, he got off the track. What What's he supposed to do? Like He either stays on the track, goes a bit faster and still potentially meets Perez, or he jumps off the track and, you know, quote-unquote distracts him. Um, you know, He can't do anything in that scenario, so I don't lay any blame uh, at Sonoda's feet whatsoever. Uh, and you're right, I don't think it would have made any difference anyway. I don't actually think Verstappen or Perez were, were on the cards in terms of getting pole position. I think Red Bull just needed a scapegoat, uh, and Red Bull decided to pick a scapegoat within their own team because... That's what they do. And it's really sad that they would do that. Um, the, the, probably the saddest thing is I'm not even surprised they've done this. And it really should do because it's, it's a disgusting thing that they did after qualifying in terms of laying the blame at Sonoda, And it's completely counterproductive, as you've already mentioned, because this is actually a guy you want to build up. This isn't a rival driver. This isn't a driver you have no vested interest in. This is a driver that you would like to, according to the junior programme and why it exists, this is a guy you would like to be racing for the main team at one point. So everything you do, everything you say, should be with that in mind. I can't believe, I can't believe you would go out after qualifying. It makes no sense to me whatsoever and come out with a comment such as, we got synoded. Firstly, Yuki Sonoda, he's had a really tough season. Like a really tough season. But the last few races have probably been the brightest sparks in the season so far. And you're right in what you say, Harry. In terms of practice, Sonoda was probably closer to Gasly on pace than he has been maybe since maybe all year, possibly. So there have been a few signs that he's starting to get there. And then you just completely break his confidence by going out and saying something like this. You might well have seen the, the interview that Sonoda had afterwards, and he's basically second-guessing himself as to whether he could have done anything. And you can see he's actually, he mentioned he was worried about the conversation that he would have with Red Bull about what happened here. You might have just undone a few, like all years worth of effort to try and get him up to the speed he needs to be at by completely shattering his confidence after, after building it up for so long. Why would you do? And and the real kicker for me is this. And someone mentioned this to me, um, and yeah, it really got me thinking. Could you imagine any scenario where this would happen with Mercedes? Could you imagine this happening where George Russell is in Yuki Tsunoda's uh, position, and it's Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas? Would anyone in that team have gone out and said we got Russelled out there? It would have sounded ridiculous. Not only because we got rustled sounds a bit weird, but because (laughs) you wouldn't they wouldn't say that. And rightfully so. Honestly, I, I think the way they handled this was not only was it disgusting, it was stupidly disgusting because it's not even as if there was any benefit to them doing that and it will only hurt them in the long run. And then, to make themselves look even more stupid, didn't even matter, did it?
2: <laughs> You're a feel.
0: Then Christian Horner's there like, oh, we actually won the race in the end.
2: Yeah. Probably didn't even need to say anything, did I? <clears throat> actually closed the gap to, uh, to one point. Ah, oh, well, just destroyed a young man's confidence for, for fun, really. I'm sure helmet's out there giggling behind the camera.
1: Still for the banter.
2: <laughs> it's a bet he's got with him go on, go, on, go out there, right and say, we got sang I, I dare you, I dare you to do it he's is, it, yeah, all right, is this the anti-deck scenario? <laughs> <laughs> where, yeah, yeah. That, that classic yeah, that's oh, exactly right. it
1: <laughs> now, now pick up a banana and pretend it's a phone <laughs> <laughs> now do the
2: chicken dance oh, we got him oh, good
0: and at one hour and three minutes, I think Boom. we should call it a day. Uh, a day that has consisted of Bottas Bingo. <laughs> what What was your one again, Sam?
2: <laughs> oh my God. It's hashtag Wang Watch.
0: Wang watch, that's the one. Um, I, I think that's probably enough for one evening. Um, it is late night, late breaking, which usually does cause carnage and has done here again. So Sam... Please do us the honours. Until our next podcast, get us out of
2: here. I'm going to keep asking this until someone actually pipes up. If anyone in the entertainment industry or a millionaire wants to sponsor the programme and get Late Night Late Breaking as its own show somewhere with us with actual wages, we're open for it. Actual Give us a bell. wages. Oh, my God. We can pay ourselves to do this. Um, ignore that self-indulgency, folks. Um, folks, if you want to get involved in hashtag WangWatch uh, or Bottas Bingo, then do get in touch. We're going to be back in the midweek, of course, for the Brazilian Grand Prix preview, where there's going to be another spring race. Yay! We're all pumped for those extra three points. You never know who that's going to go to. Uh, and then the race. We'll be back, of course, for the review of the Zoom Grand Prix next weekend as well. Hopefully it'll be an absolute cracker. Hopefully we'll see some fireworks um, on the track, not necessarily in the sky. Uh, I'm sure it's all going to be lovely. Um, we'll miss you. Until then, love you always. In the meantime, I've been Sam Sade. I've been Ben Hopping.
0: I've been Harry Leeds. And remember, keep breaking late. Wang Watch!